I do think having some emotion around your work with property is a good thing because it is actually emotion that does drive all property decisions to some extent. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Well, hello there, it's Bernadette back with another episode of She Renovates. Before I get into the episode, just want to share what's been going on for us, which, like everyone else at this time, is not very much. Being in lockdown has had its benefits and also it's had its difficulties, but on the whole, it's actually been quite good. So where Stephen and I are both working from home, So it's really nice to have a bit more time together. And although we do sometimes go a bit stir crazy, but we're fortunate that we have some really lovely parks close by so can go for a decent walk each day. Um, I have noticed that happy hours been getting earlier and earlier. So that's something that we will have to operate on in the not too distant future. Uh, I'm missing my grandchildren something chronic. So Jackson, I noticed in a video that Madeline sent through, has started to crawl in my absence. And I just want to pick him up and give him a huge hug, which I can't do. I need to be happy with video for now. Uh, But that, I would say, is the most challenging part of this lockdown period. I'm feeling a bit stir-crazy not having a project, but that will come. I guess the main thing I'm feeling is incredible gratitude. Stephen was quoting some figures this morning that gambling, online gambling has increased by 67%. Domestic violence is up 40% and my heart really goes out to those people. So the next thing I want to do is thank the lovely Tiffany Ring for her beautiful review. So entitled So Informative, Tiffany says, I've just discovered Bernadette's podcast and can't stop listening to it. So many practical tips for any level. Thank you for sharing your time and wisdom, Bernadette. Greatly appreciated. Well, thank you, Tiffany, for taking the time to write a review because what that does is it helps us to spread the news about our podcast and I really appreciate it. I've been taking the opportunity during the lockdown to restructure my business. I'm reducing the number of programs because to be honest with you, things have got a bit out of hand. But one of the key things I'm doing is expanding and modifying the Wonder Women program. I want to make it available to more women uh, and it's particularly pitched at women who want to harness their flair for creating beautiful homes to transform their incomes and their lives. If you think you might be interested, then just add your name to the wait list and I'll let you know the details as they emerge. Like it's taking a bit of time to do, but once we've made decisions about how it's going to operate, I will let you know. And I'm excited. I'm actually also doing a rebranding exercise. I've got a new new website coming online. So it's all very exciting. Being someone who loves change, I'm quite happy about it. 
The thing is that I believe that once the restrictions are lifted, there is going to be an absolute flurry of activity because everyone is going to have been cooped up for so long. They'll be wanting uh, to at least get out and see their country because I think it'll be a while before we're travelling overseas. Businesses have been behind the eight ball and so there will be a flurry of activity with them as well getting up to speed. And so what we need to do is make sure that we are prepared for the opportunities that come along. On that note, before we get into the episode, I want to remind you that the information in this podcast is general in nature and should not be considered personal advice. There are significant risks with buying property and renovating. And before you take any action in this area, you should seek uh, personal advice from your own personal financial advisor, accountant, buyer's agent and financier that relates to your specific circumstances. So you minimise your risk and maximise your profit. So this episode is entitled five things I would do differently if I had my time over again and five that I have nailed. Now, most of us fall into renovating often by accident and most of us make some common mistakes until we figure out what's what. And having been doing this for over 30 years, I've made pretty much every mistake there is to make. And so the intention of this episode is really to shorten the curve for you so that you don't go down the same road that most people do. So you become successful much earlier. And yeah, so that's what it's all about. I'm going to start with the biggie. And if I had my time over again, I would get educated up front. Some of the points I'm about to talk about would have not been an issue had I got educated early. I went to the School of Hard Knocks. I got educated through trial and error, and that's a very slow, painful and expensive way to learn. And some of the things that I guess one of the things that really stands out for me is that we made really poor decisions because we didn't know there was another way. And the way to know that there's another way is to embark on some education. Really simple things is like one particular project. It was when our children were little, we had four young children and we had embarked on a project that had not gone that well. The reason it had not gone that well was 100% up to us and some of the things I'm going to talk about in this episode. But we believed that we had to sell the properties because interest rates were just tipping 20% and I was at home with four children and we believe that financially we didn't have a choice. So we sold them for no profit because we thought that our back was up against the wall. But knowing what I know now, I know that all we had to do was refinance and rent them out and hold on to them. And of course, those properties have quadrupled in the time up till now. But it was just 
pure lack of education that placed us in such a precarious position. Like I think given the circumstances that we navigated void disaster quite well, but just some really basic education about how to structure finance would have made a massive, massive difference. And over 30 years at that one mistake has probably cost us hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I can't stress that enough. Get educated. Okay, so the second point I want to make is that if I had my time over again, I would not be so hung up on paying off the mortgage. I had an irrational dislike of having a mortgage on our family home and did everything I could to get rid of it. And so we, over our years, have bought a lot of property, but have also sold a lot of property that we shouldn't have. And one of the things that I have been focused on is getting rid of that mortgage and doing it really early. Now, if I wanted to extend the house, I wanted to do it with cash. And so the proceeds out of a property sale would fund that. Whereas in hindsight, that was a mistake. Now, don't get me wrong, you do need to get your mortgage paid off before you retire because that's one debt that you do not want going into retirement. However, in an ideal world, what we should have done is been okay with having the mortgage. And of course, you want to make sure that you haven't got too much debt. So you want to be um, measured about that. But to also buy and hold those properties in your portfolio so that they're like little money trees that are growing alongside your family home, growing in value. And so if you, over your working life, if you buy your investment properties in the right area, over your 20 or 30 year working life, they should quadruple in value, okay? So not all property doubles every seven to 10 years, but if you buy in the right areas, that's exactly what will happen. And so by getting them early and holding them for the long period of time, that will build your wealth for the future. So don't get me wrong, it's great not to have a mortgage. But the other thing is, when you don't have a mortgage, you're not quite so disciplined with your money. You know, I don't have the debt, so I don't have to worry about that. So I would really strongly recommend that you think about not just getting the mortgage paid off, making sure you plant those seeds for future wealth as well. And as we know, as renovators, if we need to hit a goal quickly, we have the tools to do it. So, you know, if you can see retirement on the horizon and you still have a mortgage, then get busy and get it paid off. You know, do a project to pay it off, whatever. But in the early days, I think we would have been much better if we had have focused on our wealth building along with paying off the family home. And these things are all intertwined. The next thing I would do differently is I would not be so hung up on DIY. So at least for the first 20 years, Stephen and I were both DIY addicts. We did everything ourselves. We laid tiles, built roof frames, tied reinforcing uh, bars. We did everything. And it was to the detriment of our results. So I'm not sorry that I have built skills because it's made me incredibly resourceful. 
But what I am sorry about is making profit based on what I could do myself. And it's not profit. That's the thing. When you're doing a reno and you are doing DIY, you're not factoring in the cost to get that work done. So really you're working for nothing. And you know, you burn out very quickly when you do that. It was really only when we stopped doing DIY and we had to be far more strategic about how we were operating that we actually started making true profit and not profit based on you know what we could do ourselves okay so the next point i want to make is that if i had my time over again i would be way more strategic about how i operated i think that's the biggest difference in how we operate now to back then so making a profit from renovating depends on getting all your ducks lined up in a row and if you are not strategic you will find a property that you can afford that you know that you can improve you have the skills whether that be DIY or with trades to improve but you're not well certainly when I was going down this path I was not really thinking about the demand for that type of reno. I put no research in it. It was really around what I could do for a property and whether I could afford it, basically. And the results were mediocre, okay? So we've always been pretty good at what we've done. However, I think we were really hobbled by in the early days by the fact that we weren't strategic. Stephen was and still is in the building industry. I thought that that was our ticket to success. And, and I guess so did he. But if you come at this like a builder, you are setting yourself up for failure because the building part of the reno is just the tip of the iceberg and you're neglecting the whole money-making strategy from the project. So, well, speaking for myself, we were not really in tune with who our buyer was we were not in tune with the demand for the type of property we were producing. We were not in tune with what people were prepared to buy. We knew buyers would love our work, but we didn't know that they wouldn't pay for what we valued. So we spent too much on projects because that's the way we do things. We do them to a standard. And as a result, our results were mediocre. So being strategic, this all intertwines with making sure that you grow those little money machines as early as you can, getting educated, not doing DIY. Now, the last one for me is a biggie, and I certainly hope this doesn't apply for you. But about 20 years into my renovating journey, I got diagnosed with anxiety and depression, quite a serious debilitating disorder. And I was fortunate that with treatment, it lifted really quickly. Like it was like someone had turned on the lights. I'd had it all my adult life. And I realized that it was responsible for my irrational fear of debt. It was clouding my vision and it was certainly affecting my judgment. And if I knew 
then what I know now, I would have gone off and got treated much, much earlier. I definitely came under a bit of criticism from people that I cared about, not family, but a close friend, I should say, had quite a distorted view of mental illness and how you should deal with it. But that was probably the only negative around getting treated. And I talk openly about it because I think that having been through it, and being to the other side, I know how wonderful life is and how much freer and how much clearer your thinking is when that is sorted out. Okay, so um, that, that all does sound a bit doom and gloom, but I'm happy to say there were lots of things I did right as well. And once again, I'm going to outline those with the expectation that it will make a difference to you and you're probably doing lots of things right too. So the first thing and most importantly, the thing that I think I have done most right is I married the right man. There is some data around that indicates that who you choose as a life partner has a direct impact on your um, ability to succeed in life in whatever you choose to pursue. And that has definitely been the case for me. So as I mentioned earlier, he has a building background which in some ways has been a bit of a, I wouldn't say a liability, but I have been, we have both been misguided in how we have believed that that would impact our property journey. It has also been an enormous benefit. Stephen has taught me everything I know about construction. He's not, in latter years, probably in the last decade, he's had minimal input on the project but in saying that he's still an incredible resource because he's an incredible problem solver and so he's a resource not just for me but also for our community as well and I always sort of talk about our programs as being the result of a marriage between a professional construction project manager and a super savvy and resourceful housewife for want of a better word and so sort of yeah so he brings a level of professionalism and rigor to our processes and of course I have a lot you know to offer the union and plus our life together is wonderful and that's really important so I guess the moral to the story is that if you are feeling like particularly a lot of the people that we work with don't have a partner seriously you are better off without a partner than being stuck with a lousy one because you have some control over the input into your life and a bad partner can be an incredibly negative influence as we have covered in previous podcast episodes. So the next thing that I think I have done well is that I've trusted myself to figure out a better way and of course this marries into the last point that I chose the right partner because he has trusted me too so we got to a point in our life when I realized like a bit of a slow learner but I realized this is not working we are not getting to where we need to go and when I went back over it and started to rehash review and rework the way we operated, started going down a different path that, as I said, married my, I guess, resourcefulness and 
street smarts, for want of a better word, with Stephen's professional techniques, project management and construction know-how to produce a way forward that is way more effective. And that has been a wonderful thing. But to do that takes some courage and it means that you've got to have faith in yourself, back yourself. And sometimes that can be a challenge. But that is something that I believe that I've done right. Because I know that, you know, I work with people that are still making those same mistakes that we were making weight back then and haven't figured it out. So the next thing that we have done, uh, I think, done right is leverage the equity in our family home. So that is an incredible tool. And I know a lot of you already know this, but I just really want to hammer home like we hear so many of these so-called property gurus saying that your family home is not an asset if you are a renovator and you've got a family home with good equity in it then it's an incredible asset it's what we have done we've um, leveraged off that to do all sorts of projects and it's an enormous asset as a renovator. Of course, you need to exercise good risk management processes to make sure that you protect your family home. And that's part of that education piece. But that is something that has held us in very good stead. The other thing that I have done, which is contrary to a lot of the advice in the property circles is made our renovating and property a very personal journey. I always look to our skills to attack life's little problems. And I've found that as a family has been an incredible gift. So in our family, the current project is the topic of conversation. It broadens everyone's outlook. We teach some of life lessons through what we're doing with property. It's created an entrepreneurial spirit in our children. Some of our children have built their lives around renovating and property. It's been with renovating and property that we've tackled the fact that I didn't want to go out to work when our kids were little. Uh, so I was able to contribute to the family income and wealth through what I was doing with property. It's been the thing that we've looked to when our kids were wanting to get into the property market. It's what we've looked to to solve our retirement needs. So for me, it is an incredibly personal thing. And further to that, when we are working with our students, that we're looking at them as, as a whole and that because everyone comes from a different scenario, or set of circumstances and so how you move forward is based entirely on your personal circumstances so you need to tailor your strategy around that. It is true when you are buying property you need to take the emotion out of it so that you don't make emotional decisions because unfortunately that does lead to your very primitive brain making the decisions which is not a good place to be in but I do think having some emotion around your work with property is a good thing because it is actually emotion that does drive all property decisions to some extent so acknowledging that is that an important thing to do. So the last thing that I am 
glad that we have done and has held us in good stead is that we've not been sucked into the negative gearing vortex. Now, I'm not talking about all negative gearing because uh, you remember I talked about a property that we sold with no profit. Had we restructured our finance on that and held, they would have been negative geared. However, in the long run, it would have held us in good stead. That would have been a good negative gearing. Bad negative gearing is the properties that are peddled by the wealth creation industry. And so what they are is house and land packages and off-the-plan apartments. And generally, they take a long time to even grow sufficiently to be worth what you've paid for them because the commissions on them are so extraordinary. So those people selling them because they're supposedly helping you get wealthy generally are helping themselves get wealthy. And I'm very grateful that we have resisted that. We've been under pressure at times to buy those sorts of properties but we haven't and I'm very happy because I now meet people who have and sometimes they are in devastating situations. Okay so that's it for today. So if you are not a member of our free Facebook group She Renovates please come over and join because we're doing lots of fun things over there at the moment. So there's a lot of creativity going on project. We're running a room makeover challenge and we've all been doing lots of projects to make our rooms look more beautiful. And we'd love to include you in that fun. So that's it for today and I'll see you next week. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.